Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the dynamic Joe Flores, our Flyers pre- and post-game live producer. Joe, we are, are just about at the finish line of this crazy July and crazy NHL offseason for the Flyers. Pre-agency opened on Wednesday. The Flyers still had some holes to fill, and they filled them. Joe, let's start with probably the biggest acquisition on Wednesday for the team, and that's Martin Jones, the backup goalie. That was the biggest by... Basically, because he that was the biggest hole the Flyers had um, going into free agency. They still had to find a backup goalie, and they went with Martin Jones, the 31-year-old veteran who has played the past six seasons in San Jose. The past two haven't been very good, but the previous four were very good. Joe, in terms of the goalies on the market, who was available, what did you think about the addition of Martin Jones? Uh, I'll be honest, Jordan. I didn't love this pickup. Um, this is kind of was a kind of a surprise that this was the name because I feel like they have downgraded from Brian Elliott, and I don't love that so much because, he, and I guess maybe it's sort of still coming off of last season. But the first thing I thought is, if Carter Hart struggles and Elliott has to play like he play, or sorry, and and Jones has to play like Elliott played last season. I think this team's in trouble. I really do. I, I don't think that Martin Jones at this point in his career is cut out to play those, that number of games. Now you could also say if the backup goalie, no matter who it is, fill in any name has to play as many games as Brian Elliott played last season, the Flyers are in bad shape anyway. Um, so there is that school of thought as well. Uh, I, I know the goalie is experienced. Uh, I know he's won games in this league. Um, I, I just, I, I'm not, I, I just, I'm not as high on this, this pickup. Um, I thought there were some other guys out there. They could have given a look, Braden Holtby being one of them. Um, you know, I, I would have liked to see them pick up a guy with a little more winning pedigree and that maybe wasn't coming off the two really tough seasons. Uh, now, Elliot, or sorry, Holpe, I know he was a mess last year after he left Washington. But that said, he just won a Stanley Cup a few years ago. It's not like, um, you know, that's not that far off. So, I don't know. I kind of left with the feeling they could have done a little bit, bit better. Um, I could be wrong. But hopefully, hopefully, it's not that big of a factor who the backup goaltender is. That's what I'll say. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. 
Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. No, it's a great point. I think the Flyers are showing they really want and have faith in Carter Hart returning to form, being the competent young kid that goes out there, takes the net um, in all the big games and when the team needs them, and that they, they really work around his schedule when they need to, uh, not when they have to. And uh, Martin Jones is on a one-year deal for $2 million. Joe Braden Holby got the same deal uh, with Dallas. Would you have preferred Holby? I will say this. Um, Jones and Holby are kind of similar cases. They got the same exact deal, and they both are coming off two so-so seasons. Uh, Holby was a disaster in Vancouver. And then if you look at his numbers in his final year with the Capitals, they were not very good. The Flyers, for one, lit him up. Uh, they had his number in 2019-20. And if you look at his goals against, it was above three. It wasn't very good. And I think some people started to see maybe a decline there. Uh, and probably the same could be said for Martin Jones. Although I will say Jones was on two Sharks teams that were very bad. Um, both seasons, they missed the playoffs. Whereas Holpe was on a pretty decent Capitals team that went to the playoffs. Um, obviously had a lot of winners on that team. Um, tough to say. Would you have preferred Holpe? Uh, obviously, they got the same deal. Would you have preferred Braden Holpe if you had to pick? I would have preferred Holpe for... I mentioned the winning pedigree, but I also think Holtby would be a great mentor for Carter Hart, more so than Martin Jones because of the, the winning and the ups and downs he's had in his career, um, the guys he's played with. And I, I feel like that's a big factor. And I kind of feel like maybe after last season, Carter Hart might be in need, uh, some need of that sort of um, mentorship, I'll say. Um, you know, and I think if put to the test, I think Holtby is probably cut out to play more games than Jones. That's just kind of the way I see it. Um, you know, I know he was a disaster in Vancouver, um, but I feel like a, I feel like more of the decline in San Jose had to do with the goaltender than necessarily like. Vancouver last season was a mess. They had a huge COVID problem. Elias Pettersson was hurt from a lot of the season. Um, they had injuries all over the place. They, they were, they were, I think a lot of people would, especially fans from Canada would say that that season was a disaster overall. So it's hard not to get caught up in that sort of disaster. Whereas with the Sharks, I think it was disappointing because of the amount of big contracts they have, particularly guys like Eric Carlson and, um, and Brent Burns. And, you know, you know, they're blue line guys who are not exactly interested in playing sound defense at this point in their career. And that could have an effect on, had an effect on Jones. So you never know. Getting him in a situation like this, where the Flyers have obviously focused on defense this offseason – Maybe that could do wonders for him. But again, I hope this isn't that big of a factor. I hope the backup goaltender is, you know, there's that old saying in football, the backup quarterback doesn't, you know, isn't important until he is. And, you know, the same can be said for the, the goaltender. You know, you, you don't know how valuable a backup goaltender is until you don't have one. Yeah. And let's hope the Flyers don't find out about that this season. 
Yeah, and the Flyers had so many other big priorities. Like, revamping their defense was vital. Finding the top pair of guy like Ryan Ellis was probably their biggest objective. Uh, they got some help up front as well. Uh, but really, I think reshaping their defense was the biggest thing. And backup goalie is incredibly important. I think it's more important than it gets credit for, especially in the flyer situation when you have a 22-year-old like Carter Hart who needs a positive influence, who needs a person to push him, uh, needs a person to work well with him on, on top of that he's coming off a season in which he tasted his first NHL adversity. So I think it's really important in this situation for the Flyers. But at the end of the day, it was a bit on the back burner. Uh, there were goalies out there. The goalie landscape really uh, changed a ton in the NHL on day one of free agency. A lot of goalies went elsewhere. Jonathan Bernier went to the Devils for two years, uh, $8.25 million. So it looks like he's going to get more money and he's going to get a chance to start. Uh, that was a guy that the Flyers, I think, a lot of people were hoping they would be in play for. But, you know, he got money and he looks like he's going to get a, more of a chance at the net. Can I just say what the de- the Devils shock me? Um, Nine million a year for for um, for Dougie Hamilton. They're already paying huge money to PK Subban. So you have two guys on the blue line again. Like I talked about with San Jose, you have these guys that are not super interested in playing sound defense. And then to spend that money on a backup goalie, I thought Blackwood and uh, uh, why am I blanking on the other guy? He played really well against the Flyers last season. Mackenzie Blackwood and uh, who was the other goal? Do you remember the other goalie? I don't. I think they had two solid goalies last year. So I was surprised to see them put that kind of money out there for um, – and let's say, you know, they want him to be their starter. But I would think Mackenzie Blackwood is going to be their starting goaltender in New Jersey. So I, they, they stunned me a little bit. Uh, I was not expecting that to be the team that uh, – that signed Dougie Hamilton, especially when you already have Subban there. Um, so, you know, but they have some young defensemen, Ty Smith, you know, that, that have shown some promise. So, you know, they're, they're an up and coming team. So we'll see what kind of effect a veteran like Hamilton going on, on that blue line, you know, added to Subban. I think I saw projections that Subban would be a third pair defenseman for them, um, which is, Kind of crazy, but when you look at the season he had last year, maybe not so crazy. Yeah, I think they're really trying to put some uh, experience around their youth. We all know how young the Devils are, and they have a lot of up-and-coming youngsters. Uh, it looks like they were trying to get some bona fide veterans and big-time guys, big-time names in there, like Dougie Hamilton and uh, Jonathan Bernier as well. So they'll be a team to, you know, to keep an eye on in, uh, next season for sure. Uh, but the Flyers do get their backup goaltender, Martin Jones, and I think they're banking on a few things. I think they're banking on one, really hoping that Carter Hart looks more like the number one guy uh, and Jones can kind of settle into a, a backup role, but really push Carter Hart at the same time. Because Martin Jones, he's played a lot of games. Uh, you know, before these past two seasons, uh, in his first four years with San Jose, he started more than 60 in each of those games, in each of those seasons, and he won more than 30 in each of those seasons. So, He's played a lot of games, and maybe the Flyers are hoping, hey, if we can get him more in limited games, keep him fresher, get him back with one uh, one of uh, his old coaches and Kim Dillaball. Dillaball is the Flyers' goalie coach. He oversaw goalie development in Los Angeles when Martin Jones was there. That's where he started his career. So I think they're hoping familiarity with Kim Dillaball and then also a lesser role, uh, new surroundings, can bring out a better Martin Jones. He doesn't have to be the guy, you know, that – 
obviously took them to the cup the one year and, and uh, you know, had like a one nine, nine uh, goals against average one year, I believe it was uh, no, that one nine, nine, nine. He had a, uh, I think a 240 goals against average the one year in the playoffs. I believe he had a one nine, nine goals against average. One of his best years in the playoffs. But you anyway, wonder too, if they, maybe they got some Intel from Justin Braun because Braun was in San Jose during the good years of Martin Jones, the yeah. best of his career. And, you know, playing with defensemen, you know, it was before the Carlson Burns was there, but it was before Carlson. And, you know, you had guys like uh, Mark Edwards Vlasic there and, you know, some solid defense, you know, some solid stay at home defensemen. And, you know, maybe, maybe Braun told them like, Hey, uh, Jones excels in this kind of situation. And, you know, so you never know. Yeah. I think they're, they're banking on those types of things. And really, I think they're believing that their revamped defense can be a lot better for Martin Jones than what the situation was in San Jose. I think sometimes you believe, sometimes you believe a goalie is a byproduct of your defense. And then sometimes you believe your defense is a byproduct of your goalie. They can go hand in hand. Uh, and I think the Flyers are, are really banking on if we get Martin Jones in a much better environment, better coaches, um, more sound play in front of him, uh, we'll get the better Martin Jones. Not the, not the guy that was a stud when he was in his, you know, 25, 26, 27 range, but a better Martin Jones, a solid backup to Carter Hart. So time will tell uh, how much they'll need Martin Jones and, and what Martin Jones they get. But Joe shifting gears, they also added Keith Yandel, uh, the guy that's played in the most consecutive games right now, that longest active streak in the NHL, 922 straight games, an experienced defenseman. Kevin Hayes definitely played a role in getting him here. He's coming here on a one-year deal, 900000 What did you think of the addition of Keith Yandel? Yeah, I think this was a good deal, a one-year deal, a 900000 It's a low-risk deal. And, you know, you're not going to bring Keith Yandel in here and, and have him be have this pressure of being a number one defenseman or expect things that you're not going to get out of him, namely sound defense. We know what Yandel is. He gets points, he plays power plays, and he does it very effectively. But if you're talking about a guy that's going to be a stay-at-home defenseman, this isn't your guy. But I don't think the Flyers are bringing him in here with any delusional thoughts that he's going to be that guy. And I think you can tell that in the contract they signed him. So maybe he comes in and he runs a power play. Maybe, maybe, you know, maybe he runs, maybe have Ryan Ellis run the first power play and Keith Yandel run the second power play. Sounds like the win to me. Um, you know, so I, I, I like that signing a lot. He's an experienced guy. Um, he's played on teams that have won, not won the cup, but teams that have won. Um, so, yeah, and, and really, if it doesn't work out, it's not that big of a deal. Um, when you compare it to what they gave Eric Gustafson last year, I mean, sign me up for this deal every day of the week. Yeah. Um, because that deal last year was a disaster. And, uh, you know, the Flyers acknowledge that, that, that that deal was a disaster. So I think this is a lesser risk a lesser, lesser financial commitment with a much higher upside than the addition of Eric Gustafson last year. Yeah, and, and Keith Yandel wanted to be here. I think that was a big thing, too, is you're getting guys that um, want to be here and kind of had things to prove. Martin Jones and Keith, and Keith Yandel both had their contracts pulled out. Those things 
you know, can, can do something to a player in terms of their, their mindset and wanting to prove themselves at a certain age. Um, and Keith Yandel, without a doubt, probably had more offers outside of the Flyers for, for, for bigger money. Chuck Fletcher even said Kevin Hayes played a huge role in recruiting him here and convincing him to come here over other teams. And Keith Yandel admitted the Flyers came right to mind in terms of when he was getting ready to hit free agency and his contract was bought out. And I think that's some kudos to Chuck Fletcher. The, the work that he did in the trade market really enticed some of these free agents, both Martin Jones and both, uh, both Martin Jones and Keith Yandel both said they were really impressed by what the Flyers had done uh, in the trade market. And they really think this team can win now. And that was important to both those guys, both veteran guys in their 30s. And of course, Yandel's familiarity with Elaine Vigneault from his days with the Rangers, you know, that, that, that was a big thing too. So, you know, I, I don't think familiarity is a bad thing, especially when you're trying to change the face of your team. Um, to have guys you're familiar with, guys that you know how they are on the ice, you know how they are off the ice, you know how they are at practice, that's not a bad thing to know that because then those, you can have those players solidify their roles when you already know what they are. Of course, uh, Yandel's a number of years older. He was kind of more probably in his prime when he played for AV with the Rangers. But, you know, his game hasn't changed that much. This is not a player who's, you know, lost his fastball in this part of his game and picked it up elsewhere. He's played the same style of game most of his career. So I don't expect that to change. And, you know, like I said, I don't think that familiarity with AV and AV familiarity with Keith Yandel is a bad thing. No. And, and they're looking at him almost as like a third pair defenseman right now. So, you know, you're not bringing in Keith Yandel and hoping he turns back the clock and is like a top pair guy for you. Uh, they're getting him for depth. And that was a lot of what um, this offseason has been about as free agency has rolled around for the Flyers is getting depth, getting bodies, understanding it's an 82-game season, injuries happen, things happen, you need depth. And I think that's the biggest thing is they're trying to give themselves the best security blanket going into this year. Joe, are you upset at all about possibly Cam York being blocked? Uh, if Keith Yandel doesn't come in, there's a solid chance Cam York's competing for a spot in camp and he could be on the third pair on opening night. Now that Keith Yandel's here, Cam York, I think, is going to have to have some things break his way uh, no pun intended, but like maybe an injury or maybe he's tearing it up at the AHL level and that would get his way into the line. That's what it looks like right now. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit disheartening. I will say that because um, I think everybody wants to see Cam York. I, I think the Flyers want to see him. I think the front office wants to see him. I know the fans want to see him and, you know, we want to see him. We, you know, especially when you see, and I, I don't mean to keep going back to this, but when you see what a guy like Cole Caulfield did in the playoffs and knowing that the Flyers thought enough of this player to take him ahead of a guy like that, you want to see the, the why. What, what was it that made you take this guy over that guy? And fans want to see that. Front office wants to see it. I'm sure the players and the Flyers want to see it. So, you know, you'll have, we'll have to see how, how things, you know, how things go. Um, I'm not, I'm not trying to predict injuries and nor do I want to forecast injuries, but you'd have to think with some of the age of some of the defensemen that they have 
particularly Braun, Yandel. I mean, these, these are not young players. These, uh, you have to think they're going to miss some games. Uh, it just happens. I mean, no NHL, no teams stay healthy throughout the whole season. That just doesn't happen. Um, so you have to think there will be opportunities for, for Cam York to be up here. And you never know. I mean, they could carry an extra defenseman. And then, you know, we've seen in the past guys get healthy scratch if they're not playing well. Of course, Ghost was the guy that, ha- that happened to a lot. Um, so, you know, I, I think opportunity will present itself for Cam York. And I do know this. Um, water always finds its level. And if Cam York's playing well enough, he will be in the lineup for the big club. That's It's just that simple. Flyers Talk is brought to you by Great Railing. Stop into Great Railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing, decking, and fencing needs. Yeah, you, you're going to see depth utilized without a doubt. It just happens in hockey. And I think a lot of these moves in free agency all fueled inner competition. If you look at in net, you bring in a backup. You were going to have a backup regardless, but Martin Jones should fuel competition. He should push Carter Hart for minutes, for starts, all of that. Now on defense, you have Keith Yandel here, and suddenly the, the team looks pretty set in their 3D pairs, and you have three kids like Samuel Moran, who's no longer a kid really, but still a younger defenseman that doesn't have as much experience. You have Cam York and you have Igor Zamola all pushing for playing time and, and being told, be ready. So what's the worst case? Say the Flyers stay healthy and they have three good young defensemen, at least two of them probably developing at Lehigh Valley, playing games and getting their feet wet. Not the worst thing in the world. And Joe shifting gears to forward, more competition. The team signed Nate Thompson, veteran center. If you if you're familiar with the name, there's a reason why. He was here at the end of the 2019-20 season. The team acquired him at the trade deadline. And obviously the pandemic happened, but Nate Thompson was here for the 2020 playoffs when the season resumed. Veteran center, that's going to give them uh, give them depth. And I think push some of the younger kids like Morgan Frost and Tanner Lazinski. What did you think of the addition for Nate Thompson? It's a one-year deal for 800000 I mean, Nate Thompson's not going to come in here and fool anybody. He's not going to come in here and, you know, make somebody think he's going to score 25 goals or be, you know, push his way into a top six role. But I will say this. I think the Flyers desperately missed depth role players last season. We saw it down the lineup. Lower in the lineup, the Flyers severely missed guys like Derek Grant, Tyler Pitlick, um, guys that go out there and play solid shifts. They don't make mistakes that kill your team. And, you know, we saw last year Tyler Pitlick was out in Arizona. He was playing on the first line sometimes. So it's guys like those players that it's a very cliche thing, but they're kind of like glue guys uh, to have lower down your, in your lineup. Guys that are going to go out there and give you – they're going to give you – no, they're not going to play 20-plus minutes, but they're going to give you a solid 12 minutes, 10 minutes whatever the case may be. And you're not bringing them in saying, you know, play, play wing or center on the second line. You're saying, give us a solid fourth line effort. Come kill penalties for us. Um, which is another thing the Flyers were amassed with last year. And I think they missed some of those guys that they had in the bubble season. And it showed, especially down the stretch. I mean, the month of March, it was glaring. Everything was glaring in the month of March, but, you know, their lack of 
depth and role players that were serviceable, I think really showed itself as that season went on last year. Yeah, and, and Nate Thompson, uh, he turns 37 at the start of next season. You know, like you said, he's not going to fool anyone. Uh, the Flyers aren't going to play him higher in the lineup. Uh, he is here for what he's here for, and that's to provide depth. Um, and if he's an extra forward, be a real quality extra forward that can be real, that can be called upon, will be a good teammate, and, and he's going to do that. I liked it. I thought it was a good deal. They were thinner down the middle when they traded Nolan Patrick. Uh, you were looking at maybe Morgan Frost being your third-line center with, like, Scott Lawton behind him or Tanner Lazinski being in the opening night lineup. I like both those kids. But now, you again, you just have some more depth there. And Nate Thompson does a lot of valuable, smaller things like kill penalties, take defense, defensive zone face-offs. He's experienced. He's played in an Eastern Conference final, a Western Conference final. He's just not a bad guy to have. And Chuck Fletcher said, you feel like you always need those guys at the trade deadline. Um, so why not get him now, have him all season? And uh, I don't think he's going to block kids. Like if Morgan Frost is ready and they need a jolt of offense, I think they're going to play Morgan Frost. If Tanner Lazinski is playing well, if he's down in Lehigh Valley and he's ready to go, uh, I think he's going to play. But um, Nate Thompson is just good insurance to have. And it's funny, Joe, I couldn't help but think, uh, in, in his end-of-the-season press conference, Sean Gattorier brought up Nate Thompson, Derek Grant. He brought up Tyler Pitlick when asked about the penalty kill. He said he thought they lacked some personnel when they lost guys like Pitlick, Grant, Thompson. Uh, the, the PK suffered. The PK was 30th overall. And I wonder, I wonder if that quote made its way to Chuck Fletcher. Uh, when you have a guy like Sean Gattorier, a part of your leadership group, and he mentions losing these guys and not replacing them, I wonder if Chuck Fletcher said, you know what? Can't hurt to make our Sean Couturier happy. Get Nate Thompson, bring him back, and uh, and yeah, fill what you needed, which was some guys that can play roles, play play on the PK, and, and take tough face-offs. So Nate Thompson does that. And now there is really competition brewing and being fueled in the training camp at all positions. I think that's a good thing. Um, and I thought, Joe, just one of the biggest things I thought was that Chuck Fletcher um, – the moves he made drew a lot of these free agents in. Uh, Keith Yandel and both Martin Jones uh, said that he, they really liked what the Flyers did in the trade market. They're adding guys. It looks like they want to win now. A lot of players in those later ages, those later stages, excuse me, of their careers, uh, they want to win. And when they see a good makeup of a roster, uh, they want to join it. And I thought that spoke volumes. So I, I thought that was a good thing for Chuck Fletcher. Critical offseason. He needed to be active, and he has been. Yeah, I, I don't. Th I really think to, to a lot of these moves, there, there, there wasn't a ton of reaches uh, with these moves. Um, maybe you argue Ristolainen because of the price tag you paid for him, but I, I don't. I don't sense that any of these moves were real reaches. Um, and I felt like when you looked around the league, there were teams doing some reaching. And I'm actually curious. I brought up the Dougie Hamilton number that he signed for the Devils with. Did anything stand out to you today with what you saw around the league aside from the Flyers? There was some overpays for sure. Yeah. yeah I mean, um, you know, and, and the other thing that, that stood out to me and, and, and maybe you as well, like Braden Point gets this huge deal from Tampa. Gabriel Landeskog gets this huge deal from Colorado. And I'm thinking to myself, how are these guys fitting this in their cap? Um, I know like Colorado lost a guy like Don Scoy and a few other guys, but 
I felt like coming into this offseason, we heard some of these teams were going to be in such cap hell. And then these teams go and sign huge contracts to Braden Point and, you know, Landeskog are just a couple. They're the ones that come to my mind first. But it, it's, a, it's a very weird landscape in, the, in this in, around this league right now. It's tough to figure some teams out, I think. Yeah, and teams are going to have to be making deals and maneuvering around the cap for years to come now that they sign some of these guys to bigger deals. It's almost like, hey, do this now and worry about it later. I think that's going to be a situation for a lot of teams um, unless the salary cap floor suddenly you know, rises and I'll see the economic uh, impact on the league is back to normal and they're able to do that. But, but GMs have said they believe that the cap is going to stay flat for years. Um, we're in the, what, second offseason, I believe, at the flat cap, and, uh, and a lot of GMs foresee it going a little longer. So <laughs> we'll have to see how teams deal with it. But the good thing is I think the Flyers didn't really have to go on big-time spending spree in free agency. They did a lot of their work via trades. Uh, they had to lose some assets. Um, some of them might have been reaches, like Rasmus Rusalainen could have been a deal that people are going to look back on and be frustrated with. We'll see. We will see how it works out. But remember what Scott Hartnell told us on our last podcast uh, about guys that are sort of rescued from a bad situation, which Buffalo has been a bad situation for a number of years now, certainly for Ristolainen's entire career. So you don't know. You look at his numbers and you go, oh, this guy's a mess. Everything around him's a mess. They've had goaltender messes, other defensemen's messes. The best player didn't seem to really want to play for the team and still doesn't in addition to being injured, um, just, you know, coaches in and out. Um, so I don't think we can judge a guy like Rasmus Ristolainen based on what he did in Buffalo because Buffalo was a mess. They were giving up a lot more goals than they were scoring. And, you know, quite frankly, the first people that are going to feel that impact on their stats are the defensemen. And, I mean, not including the goalie, but – they're defensemen, and, and you know, uh, so analytics aren't going to look pretty on a guy that's played on a bad team for a number of years, but let's wait and see with this guy. Yeah, I think you really got to truly wait and see with this guy. He's, he's 26. He's a former top 10 pick in 2013. Tons of talent, tons of upside, but was just in a god-awful situation in Buffalo. Uh, there's no sugarcoating it. Uh, I think the Flyers see that with a lot of some of their acquisitions, that in their environment – they believe it. this will produce results. Martin Jones, probably in a better environment with a better defense, maybe a lesser role can be better. Cam Atkinson with a fresh start, leaving Columbus, feeling rejuvenated, being excited. Everyone says he's super pumped, can be better. Same with Rasmus Ristolainen, and better coaching, a more stable environment can be better. Um, even Ryan Ellis uh, coming to Philadelphia, being with Ivan Provorov, um, Little things like that, like just things that they believe in Philadelphia, these players with the right situation, the right makeup can make a better environment. And the Flyers are hoping it makes them a better team because they have not missed the playoffs in consecutive years since the early 90s. And uh, they're trying to avoid doing that uh, this season. But Joe, overall, I think the Flyers look better to me. They look better. They had to sacrifice some bit, you know, some, some players on their roster with upside. They had to sacrifice some draft picks. But overall, I think they have revamped their defense. They have a solid backup. And I think they look a little bit better up front. Uh, the pressure will be on, and there's still going to be questions that needing to be answered. But I do think they look better. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you. And just in particular about the Cam Atkinson move. Um, we, of course, heard Scott Hartnell talking about it on our last podcast. And in talking to him, aside from the podcast, um, about Cam, who he's very good friends with, you know, we might forget that in Columbus last year, they traded um, Pierre-Luc Dubois, who, you know, would set up Atkinson for goals. And they brought in Patrick Laine, who is not setting anyone up. He's a goal scorer. That guy's just a flat-out goal scorer. So we don't think about, and maybe the Flyers did think about, the effect that losing a guy that sets you up for goals and bringing in a guy that's just a goal scorer, how that can affect a player's game who is used to scoring goals like Cam Atkinson was. And, you know, that'll be seen. If he, it, that remains to be seen. If he gets put on a line with Claude Giroux and Giroux is passing him the puck to score goals, we might see a totally different player than we've seen in the last few years when it comes to Cam Atkinson, and I, that's what I expect to happen. Yeah, I think some of the additions they got are going to be better because of the surroundings the Flyers give them. And then I think a lot of the in-house pieces for the Flyers will be better from the additions as well. I think it's going to help both. The Flyers needed help. They really needed help. Chuck Fletcher went out and got it. And then I think the guys that are coming in, they do have some questions. There's no doubt about it. But I think with the right coaching and some of the right pieces around them, uh, can be good for the Flyers. <clears throat> The Flyers, need- I, yeah, go ahead, Joe. I was going to say, I, I think the other thing I will point out is, and you mentioned in-house guys, we've talked about this, this, this before. This has to be a big season for Travis Sanheim. He has to establish himself as a second-pair guy and not a second-pair guy that sometimes is good and other times is, you know, looks like an AHL player. He needs to establish himself. He's not young anymore, has a lot of experience under his belt. I think this is a huge season upcoming for Travis Sanheim. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, absolutely. And there's competition there. There's competition there. There's uh, there's Rasmus Ursuline and there's Ryan Ellis 
Um, and now you have um, Keith Yandel and you have guys in the wings too, like Cam York, Igor Zamula, Samuel Moran, all pushing for playing time. So yeah, he needs to be better. And there's going to be people pushing to get playing time as well. So no doubt about it. But the Flyers are a new look team. July is almost finished. Uh, we are almost at the finish line of this crazy offseason, and the Flyers look totally different, um, and that's exciting. It's exciting, I think, for the fan base. Um, it's going to have give us plenty to talk about, Joe, the rest of the summer and going into September training camp. But, Joe Fulrice, thank you so much, as always. Great chatting with you. A special thank you to Ben Barry, our podcast producer, for doing this on a late Wednesday night. And Flyers fans, as always, thank you for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. Wherever you get your podcasts, please rate and listen, and we cannot wait to talk to you next time.